Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speaker and however you found us. We're glad you did on this Friday. Happy pre-end to all who observe, although I think we established that's a that's a Thursday vibe as well. Thursday into Friday, just four-day weekends, right? I was just watching Succession recently. Go it's on. Thursday afternoon to Friday afternoon, I think. That's about the only life lesson from that show that we should apply in our day-to-day lives. He's Matt Jones. He lives as close to a Succession existence, I think, on this program as anybody does. What do you mean? Man, you are a, a, a conglomerate. You got a bar owner, uh, an owner of a wrestling outfit, dabble in sports media. It, yeah, I mean, you got to keep life interesting. You can't, you know, you can't sit and talk about LeBron every day. Like sometimes you got to get involved in pro wrestling, write a book about Mitch McConnell, whoa. or own a restaurant. Like, why not? Those are the kind of things. That's the diversity of life. Well, Randy we're Scott. well. Listen, we're gonna keep that LeBron conversation going. You better lose that energy right now. We got. Oh, no, please. Uh, there's something unique to be said about LeBron. Host I'm sure. of the program, Chris Canty, with us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, Canty, uh, we could start with the Lakers instead I want to start with the, the the bigger threat to them in the Western Conference and that is Kevin Durant and these Suns doesn't sound like Katie's going to go uh, against the Bucks here possibly returning next week though once he rounds into form does this then become the team in your eyes Laker fan Chris Canty with the target on its back the team to beat in the Western Conference yeah they're the team to beat as long as they're all healthy and, and that's a big but or what if, and, and that's the problem when it comes to Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, right? They, they've both had to deal with significant injuries over the past several years with KD ever since the Achilles injuries in the NBA finals against the Toronto Raptors. You're talking about him missing time in every single season. Mm-hmm. When you look at Chris Paul, the last couple of postseasons, he's been out due to injury or he's been compromised due to injury. So that's the thing that I'm most concerned with. I mean, you're talking about two players in their mid to late 30s, you know, staying healthy throughout the grind of a postseason is going to be a challenge. And now that we have, you know, you know the expanded first round, it's not a five-game set, it's a seven-game set. I think that's something that's going to be, uh, you know, we a, a thing that we circle as we go into the second season. Can the Phoenix Suns stay healthy? And when I say the Phoenix Suns, I mean those two guys. Now, Chris, I am a big fan of your of your of Canty and Carl. Not just because I'm on it. I'm not just saying this. I think you guys do a great job. <laughs> I'm a radio guy, and yep. I like radio guys. And I think you all are radio guys, and I mean that as a compliment. So, all that's to say, I want to like you. Yeah. And then I was told that you were a Lakers fan. So I had to look up and see your background. And you are from the Bronx, all right? You went to high school in Charlotte and college in Virginia. Now, there's a part of me that looks at that and says, the only way this man became a Lakers fan 
is being a bandwagon guy. And I don't want to believe that wow. about somebody I like on the radio wow. as much as you. Because I don't, you know, like, I don't know if you, like, root for Google and, like, if you root for the Yankees and then you root, like, I, I know you played for the Cowboys, but, like, help me understand how you're a, La- a Lakers fan from the Bronx. Like, make me think you're not a bandwagon. Well, okay, so here, here's how it goes. My dad was a huge Knicks fan when I was growing up. And like every young boy, he rebels against everything that his father stands for. So and you just picked the is, team that was really what, good? Well, not even just the team that was really good, the antithesis of what the New York Knicks were. I mean, if you think about the Knicks in the late 80s and early 90s, what were they? Tough, physical, yeah, blue-collar basketball out. team. Yeah. What were the Lakers with Magic Johnson? It was showtime. Yeah, It was the exact opposite. So that's how I became a Lakers fan. My favorite athlete of all time is Magic Johnson. Now, as far as my baseball fandom, I grew up in the Bronx. <laughs> so how could I be anything but a Yankees fan? But do you understand how somebody sees Lakers and Yankees? Do you, I mean, do you cheer for, like, Alabama football and Duke basketball, too? I mean, like, how you doing this, No, friend? when it comes to football, I cheer for people that give me checks. That's what I cheer for. So, uh, I mean, uh, we, can, we, can go ahead and, we can go ahead and put that one to bed. As we're talking with Chris Canty, man, my, my, my sports allegiance is Washington Capitals, Atlanta Braves, and the, the now Vegas Raiders. And it's because we moved around as a military family. You collect these things as you go. I'm here for whatever fandom you, you have, as long as you are a sports fan. So, uh, tap into Lakers fandom they win last night with yeah. Malik Beasley scoring as many points as Anthony Davis and LeBron <laughs> combined all right Bron goes for 13 Davis goes for 12 and you guys still win going away over the war over the defending champs a sign of good things to come for the Lakers I know D'Angelo Russell rolled his ankle we don't know how long he's gonna be out but you know the new pieces seem to be gelling but here you guys still are 13 seed in the west canty yeah, I feel great about the new pieces that they added. They seem to complement AD and LeBron a lot better than what they had previously. Now, it's a two-game sample size, but as <laughs> as a as the resident Lakers fan on this show, I feel like it's my duty to go ahead and jump out of the window. I mean, when you look at this team, they have more versatility. They have better athleticism, which allows them to maximize their ability to play with pace. That's something that Darvin Ham wants to do anyway. This is one of the teams that's top two in pace played in the NBA, now you actually have some guys that can get up and down the court, but you also have defensive versatility. You also have perimeter shooting, right? And every LeBron James team that has had success, they've had really good perimeter shooting. So I know it was seven three-point makes by Malik Beasley last night, but you had 16 three-point makes on 53% shooting last night, coupled with 30 assists. When you have that kind of ball movement and you have that kind of perimeter shooting, it makes a life a lot easier for AD and Braun. And if you don't believe me, just look at the backdoor cut that Braun had at the beginning of the second quarter where Dennis Schroeder finds a four-oop. Those types of plays weren't there before because the defense was packing it in the paint and it made it hard to break down the defense on the bounce and get into the lane. Now that you have those guys that the defense has to respect because they can knock it down from deep, that gives Braun and other playmakers a lot more room to operate in the half-court offense. But the other side of that is the fact that you have better pieces defensively, more athleticism, that enables you to get stops and you can get more easy buckets in transition. So, guys... I love what I'm seeing from this Lakers team, even without knowing when D'Angelo Russell is coming back. And when I look at the landscape of the Western Conference, tell me the team that you trust. Tell me the team that you overwhelmingly trust. And don't, don't throw out oh. the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. 
because they ain't been able to make it out of the second round since he started winning MVPs. So don't throw that out there to me. What's the team <laughs> that you trust in the Western Conference right now? Phoenix. Oh, I, I think it's wide open. I, I think it I, is I, wide open. Listen, That's I give point. you, a, I gave you a hard time about being a Lakers fan, but 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 you're, everything you just said is exactly right. And I feel like I have watched them play that game they played last night and lose 20 times this year, and now yes. they want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually I actually am with you on that. And you look at the West. See, to me, if you're in the East, you got to deal with the Celtics and the Milwaukee, and I don't know how you do that if you're the other teams. Yeah. But in the West, I wouldn't be shocked, Chris, if an 8-9 seed – I mean, let, let's say New Orleans gets healthy. Am I shocked if they beat Denver in a series? No, I'm no. not, to be honest with you. So I actually think the West is as open as I've ever seen a conference in basketball in my lifetime, to be honest. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Now, if Phoenix is fully healthy, that's a different animal. I think they would be the team to beat. I think they have the shortest odds – according to Vegas, of any team to make it out of the Western Conference right now. So, I mean, that would be the team to beat. But I just watched the Memphis Grizzlies blow an 18-point lead against the Philadelphia 76ers last night. I, I literally just saw that. You know, it's, it, it, you look at the Sacramento Kings. Are you buying into them? Are you buying into the L.A. Clippers? Is Kawhi Leonard going to no. stay healthy? I mean, no. the Dallas Mavericks can score punch, points in bunches, but they can't stop a nosebleed. Guys, there is no team that there is no team outside of the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference that can't get got on any given night. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's why I have hope as a Lakers fan. And we're talking with Chris Canty here on his own program, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He's Matt Jones. I like Jones. the phrase, Randy, by the way, get got. Well, that's, I got to start, start using that in my, my day-to-day the, lingo. I don't boy. know that you or I should, but I, I was <laughs> – I, 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 I can say that. that. I mean, Kentucky plays Auburn tomorrow. Bruce Pearl, yeah. you're about to get got. Yeah, now look how good that is. I look at that. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's I was going to ask Canty, so because I'm going back. I wanted to see when you were drafted, Canty. I wanted to see who the quarterback was there in Dallas, and it was, it was Bledsoe. But but I also I that didn't last. That didn't last long. Let well, me tell you that. Well, okay. So I see this Russell Wilson. Actually, what I really wanted to ask was if you played at UVA with Ronald Curry and was that man the truth? Because I grew up in Virginia and I remember his recruiting situation at Carolina and Virginia. That's a different conversation. That's offline. But Bledsoe, did he have an office there in Dallas? Because I maintain one of the details coming out of this athletic story about Russell Wilson today is the reminder that Wilson had an office. And how prevalent is that for quarterbacks in the NFL? No, nobody has an office. Thank you. And Randy, if you're doing this deep dive, you should know that Drew Bledsoe didn't have an office because you knew who the head coach was. Parcells. There you go. Do you think Bill Parcells is going to allow his quarterback to have an office on the second floor where the front (laughs) office and management is? And who did Peyton coach under? Who did Sean Peyton coach under? Sean was there. I was there when Sean was there. He was the OC. There's no way in hell that that's going to fly. And you hear about the organization trying to reel Russ back in. And here's my problem with all of the things that we've heard about Russell Wilson. He, he's got this carefully crafted image as being a good guy. As a matter of fact, I think he has a clothing line called the Good Man Brand. It's all about being the good guy. But we hear stories from former teammates in Seattle. We, we saw what happened with Pete Carroll and John Snyder and how much Pete Carroll celebrated beating the Denver Broncos in the regular season opener. There's something there. And he can go on Twitter and say he's got nothing but love and admiration for Pete Carroll and John Snyder. But if that were the case, why the hell is he in Denver? 
Listen, they didn't get rid of him because they didn't want him. They moved him because he didn't want to be there anymore. And he also, Chris, he he didn't say I didn't do that. He said I have love and admiration. He didn't say I didn't do it. He just said I have love and admiration. But that's that's the problem with all of this, right? Like, here's the thing. If you want that, if you wanted that, then own that. You have to own those choices. You also have to own that your offense was atrocious last year. It was terrible. They only scored north of 16 points, get this guys, five times in 15 Russell Wilson starts. And there was only one time that they scored north of 30 points when Russell Wilson started. Do you know what that was? The regular season finale against the Chargers when the Chargers had absolutely nothing to play for. The offense was atrocious. And that, you got to own that if you're Russell Wilson. You gotta own that. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you because I always think you get a better sense of this from former players because you all were in the locker room and you understand how things go. I look at Aaron Rodgers and I, you know, I think I've said this before. He 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 talks nowadays like a guy who took a freshman philosophy class and thinks he's Aristotle, <laughs> right? So, but I also, but I don't know. He's still really really good, and he obviously has an amazing career. So let's put yourself. You're playing on the Packers. With everything you've seen from Aaron Rodgers this year, from the ayahuasca to the to the vaccine stuff to going on McAfee every week to now he's in a dark room to the play going down maybe a notch, are you sitting there in Green Bay going, I really want Aaron Rodgers back, or are you going and saying, eh, whatever? Uh, I mean, listen, you're paying a guy $50 million a year on average, and you didn't make the playoffs. I mean, I can I cannot make the playoffs with Jordan Love as my starting quarterback. Right? <laughs> That's true. Yep. I mean, just think about how things have been trending for Aaron Rodgers when it comes to trying to compete at a championship level. Three years ago, lost in the conference championship game at home. Last year, the first game they played in the playoffs was the divisional round. They lost to a San Francisco offense that didn't score a touchdown. This year, they had a Week 18 winning-in situation against the Lions who had nothing to play for at kickoff. And they got bounced. Guys, it's going in the wrong direction. And I get it. He had back-to-back MVP seasons. But at this point, is it about regular season accolades or is it about championships? I mean, for Aaron Rodgers, it should be about championships. For any team that has him under center, it should be about competing at a championship level. But yet he hasn't shown us that he can do that. So I don't understand why this is a situation where you think if you acquire Aaron Rodgers, you're automatically going to be a title contender. I I just don't see it that way. I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, especially with all the bags that come along with him. And here's the other part. The organization that he's going to needs to have a strong leadership structure in place. And I don't know that any of the prospective destinations that have been floated out there have that. And Aaron Rodgers has shown that he's not providing that when he walks into the door. So again, I think there are other ways you can go in order to try to get competent quarterback play this offseason rather than giving Aaron Rodgers carte blanche over your franchise for the next year or two. We're talking with Chris Canty on his own show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. My thing with with Rodgers Canty is he's sort of a case study in what fans get high and mighty about when they talk about professional athletes. If fans do it, we do it, we're guilty of it. But he is a con- he's right on the line between what we value, this sort of holier-than-thou ethos that we have where it's like, hey, we want our athletes to spend the entirety of their careers in one uniform. We want that one-way loyalty, right, where the, where the athlete is loyal to the team. 
So Rodgers has done that to this point. But if he leaves, he violates that. But if he leaves to go chase another ring and join this sort of VIP room of NFL quarterback history of guys who have won multiple Super Bowls, because no longer is it enough to win just one. Now you got to win two. That's where we've moved the goalposts. So he seems like he's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, right? Like either you leave and you forfeit all that goodwill of spending one entire career in one uniform, or you go and you get that second ring and you become this sort of, I don't know, what do we call it? Peyton Manning club, I guess. John Elway club. So I guess if you're choosing the path for Rodgers, like what's the way that he's going to offend the least amount of people? Does that make sense? Uh, I, I get where you're going, Randy. I think ultimately whether he stays or whether he goes, his legacy is going to be determined by whether or not he wins. That, that's what just it winning. is. Yeah, just winning. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the New York Jets and wins a championship, yeah, we're going to look at Aaron Rodgers differently. If he stays in Green Bay and he wins a championship and he's 40 years old, which is what it would be if he w- played and won in this Super Bowl 58, yeah, we'd look at him differently. That, that's what it's going to take. Right now, he's not in that club with Peyton Manning and Joe Montana and Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. He ain't there, cuz. Yeah. He's not. And the only thing that changes that is winning at a high level. Now, here's the rub. This is a guy that has basically had full control over the Green Bay Packers organization from the moment they drafted Jordan Love in 2020. They've been trying to walk back that decision and appease (laughs) Aaron Rodgers and acquiesce to his demands and give him everything he's wanted. And what have they been repaid with? What have they they been repaid with? Losses to the 49ers. I mean, since they gave him the contract, he ain't got no playoff wins. What are we talking about? (laughs) And he talks trash about them all the time. Like, like, if I lived in Green Bay – at some point, I go, hey, dude, can you stop acting like this place is miserable? But, but I mean, here, at some point, but, he does it all the time. But, Matt, here's the thing. I mean, Wilder and Tosh, they do a great job at ESPN Wisconsin. They put up a poll about a month ago, and the majority, the overwhelming majority of Packers fans don't want anything to do with them. They're done. Is that right? I didn't know They're that. done. No. They're done with them. So I, it's, it's a really interesting place right now, the relationship between Green Bay and Aaron. And in the middle of this, they have to make a decision about Jordan Love's fifth-year option in May. So if Aaron comes back and says he only wants to play for the Packers, I think it, it creates a very, very complicated dynamic. Um, but I don't anticipate that that's going to be the case. I, I, I'm curious to see how it all works out. The one thing I do know is he ain't walking away from getting paid $60 million in 2023. That ain't going to happen. He's going to play football. We just don't know where. All right, Canty, we appreciate it. Laker, listen, you you withstood the slings and arrows going against the Laker slings. fans. I didn't say slings. I just needed to answer, ask a question yeah. because like, I knew a kid growing up that rooted for the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Lakers, and then later yeah. in life told me he was a Colorado Avalanche fan. And I was like, come on. I just wanted to make sure Chris Canty wasn't that, and I don't think he is. I didn't know your childhood friends with LeBron James, man. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> wow. Wow. rooting, rooting oh, wow. interest. Canty, we appreciate how, you, man. How mean was that? Enjoy. Was that. Shots fired. I don't know what LeBron fired. did. Randy. Hey, LeBron, let me tell you something. LeBron got got. With in, another, got, got. in another time, Canty, we'll, we'll do the Aaron Brooks-Ronald Curry comparison, all right? We'll, we'll get into UVA football lore. All right, there you go. Appreciate there you, you sir. All right, Later that on, is guys. Chris Canty. This is his show. We are just guests. We're going to try to keep it between the buoys. We're going to dive into more NBA. A lot of talk about the Lakers. There's another notable team that we have to discuss. We will do that after Matt Jones tells you about Wendy's. I'm so excited to tell you about Wendy's because when you want the best deal on the best meal, 
Wendy's two for six bucks. Now you can pick two from some of Wendy's best menu items, including Dave's Single, always fresh, never frozen, the spicy chicken sandwich, 10-piece crispy nugs, a medium strawberry lemonade, pair any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave's Single and a chicken sandwich, six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich, medium strawberry lemonade, six bucks. Strawberry lemonade with a 10-piece nugs. That's right, Randy. Six bucks. Even a Dave single with another Dave single. I can't keep repeating myself. It's only six bucks. It's Wendy's two for six bucks. It's the meal you want at the price you want. Swing by Wendy's and get one for a limited time. Price and participation may vary, but it's only at U.S. Wendy's. Don't try that in Finland. A la carte only, single (laughs) item at a regular price. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Everybody talks about it being LeBron's team. Lakers go as LeBron goes. No, not last night. It was the Malik Beasley show. Nah, slow down there. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks to our friends, 710 ESPN LA, for that snippet of a latest Lakers win. 888-729-3776 is the phone number. He's Matt Jones uh, there in Kentucky, Lexington adjacent. No, downtown Lexington? I actually am right close to downtown. I could just a few blocks from Rupp Arena. Nailed it. And, uh, you know, enjoying... The beautiful, you know, listen, Kentucky's a beautiful state. I know you probably, have you ever even been here? Did oh, you yeah. ever, ever make the trip? Almost Why'd took a job, you come? It took a job in, uh, almost took a job in Paducah, as a matter of fact. Well, I mean, you would have been very lucky to, to have that opportunity in your life. But it is a beautiful horse country, mm-hmm. you know, basketball, uh, Colonel Sanders. It's a wonderful place. Not enough people visit Kentucky. Sure, and the yeah. Lakers, uh, we, we, you know, we have a lot of Lakers fans here. I see Lakers jerseys on the street, and yep. it drives me crazy, which is why I brought that up with Chris Canty. <laughs> why does it drive you crazy? Just cause it's because it's not – hey, I don't understand. It's like, not you got to have a connection to your team. And I feel like – you know, Canty's explanation made sense. He wanted to rebel against his dad, so he wanted the team that was most opposite the Knicks. Sure. But it also happened to be, like, the best franchise in basketball. Like, I root for the Cincinnati Reds. That takes character. I root for the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes, who are good right now but were terrible for many, many years. That uh, takes character. Still I root for the Chicago Bears. That takes character. It takes character to root for bad teams. It doesn't take character to root for the Lakers. What's the uh, you know at your at your at your bar 
uh, at, at any of the what's the massage situation around Lexington? And the only reason I ask what? is because well, if you pat yourself on the back so much for having so much character, you're going to need someone to rub the shoulders down. Because it could be strained from all the reaching and sad. all of the. All right, I'm glad you <laughs> clarified that. I would say that, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm also a Kentucky fan. Kentucky basketball yeah. is very good, but Kentucky football, that is taking character. They've been, they're decent now, but they were terrible yeah. for 40 years. Yeah. So that's why the Lakers sort of drive me crazy. Same thing is true, though. There's a whole generation of kids now who are Warriors fans, right? They just sure. grew up. It doesn't matter where they live, they like Steph Curry. Here's my thing to Warriors fans. Are you going to root for them in two or three years when the, when all of a sudden their entire franchise falls apart because they're paying Draymond and Clay Thompson $40 million for what they did five years ago? And that's sort of our soft launch into this look at, at this game last night in L.A. where, yeah, Malik Beasley had 25 points and the Lakers won pretty easily over Golden State. There are There is so much concern over the Lakers missing the playoffs. Right now they're 13th in the Western Conference. They're looking up at Golden State. Golden State, remember, 7 through 10 has to have that play-in game, right? That that play-in sort of mini tournament uh, to get into the eight-team field where the playoffs then moves on. And right now, Golden State is at that 10 line. They are. They're the defending champions, and they are at the 10 spot in the Western Conference. And you don't hear about you do not hear about the defending champion Steph Curry led Golden State Warriors being in danger of missing the postseason, but we are just fraught and there's so much pearl clutching and hand wringing over LeBron and company missing it. And I get it, you know, because LeBron missed the postseason last year and he's come out and said definitively yesterday pregame, he's like, I, it's not in my DNA. These are the most important 23 games of the regular season of my career because I do not miss the playoffs in back-to-back yes, you years. Do. Well, uh, well, I mean, okay. I, I, I'll way. say this. You, I don't miss the playoffs in back-to-back years. Yeah, you shouldn't. You're the second-best player in the history of basketball. You shouldn't miss the playoffs <laughs> in consecutive years. That's not a crazy standard. Though I think the difference with the Warriors is, for better or worse, they're given some some leeway because people have been hurt, right? Like, I think there's this, this idea, and I know – Anthony Davis has been hurt a little. LeBron's been hurt. But there's this thought that those guys play when they want to, whereas, like, there have been definitive in- injuries for mm-hmm. the Warriors. But the other thing is the Warriors won it last year, right? So, I mean, you know, that you get you get a break. Here's the bottom line, though. If the Warriors sneak in and they're fully healthy, do you want to play them? No. I don't. I, I don't. I think the Lakers could win a series, but I don't think the Lakers can make the finals. You get a healthy Warriors team. I wouldn't pick them to win the West, but I don't see any reason they couldn't if if they got hot. Tim Legler, I think, is on a similar vibe with you with regard to the Lakers, although Legs thinks it's more than just a one-series threat from LeBron and company if they are healthy. Here's what Tim Legler had to say. This was on Get Up earlier today. Would anybody really want to play the Lakers at the top of the West in a first-round series? Because here's the thing. If they're playing, say, a Denver or a Memphis in the first round, what that means is that, number one, they played really well here in the last 20 games. Two, they probably are going to have to play in the play-in. I don't think they're going to get to six. So that means they will have won at least one game, if not two, in the play-in. So now you have a hot Lakers team in a first-round series with teams like Denver and Memphis Denver's not been to the finals and then Nikola Jokic, Jarrett. You know, Memphis hasn't been to a conference final. And you're going to take on the Lakers with a healthy LeBron, AD, and these new players in their supporting cast? I think that would be a scary proposition for anybody at the top of the West. So I understand what he's saying, that the Lakers can't get to six. 
mathematically they can. I mean, Dallas, it's a it's a three and a half game deficit right now between the Lakers at the 13 spot and Dallas at the six spot. The problem is you have to leapfrog so many teams, seven teams, including the Jazz, who've gotten better, the Warriors, who will get more healthy. I know, you know, Steph Curry said to be reevaluated with that lower left uh, injury here shortly. And you don't know if D'Angelo Russell, how long he's going to be out. He rolled his yeah, ankle in such a fluke the play six. last night. They're, I mean, he mathematic, everything's mathematically possible, I guess, and so, <laughs> with, with 20 games left. But yeah. they're not getting to the six. They're, if Their best, best case scenario is the play-in. One of the things I do agree with Legler, though, is if you're in a playoff series, if you're playing a healthy LeBron and a healthy Davis, unless you're Durant and Booker, the top, they're going to have the best two players in the series in all the games in the West, right? There'll be no two-person combo better. Right. So they'll have a chance. But the new guys, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not, like, sitting there thinking, oh, well, they got Mo Bamba, so now things are different. I, I still think the Lakers are more than likely to not even make the playoffs if they do make it losing the first round. But I wouldn't want to play them if LeBron and Anthony are healthy because they can be very dangerous with two two of the 40 best players, 30 best players to mm-hmm. ever play. And LeBron, is there is no postseason challenge, no postseason set of circumstances that LeBron James has not dealt with in his career, and he can still get to the rim at will. A reminder, tune in to NBA action tomorrow night. Sixers hosting the Celtics. That's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. One note about Golden State to put out there. They allow... Nearly 119 points per game. Bottom four in defensive metrics pretty much across the board. They score about 119, though. So they're top two or three in scoring. Their bottom four in defense it measures out to a 500 basketball team almost exactly. They're 29 and 30. So getting Steph back does not help on the defensive end. But speaking about those Sixers, who you can, again, hear on select ESPN radio stations tomorrow night, are we not talking enough about one of their stars for MVP More on that. It's Matt Jones, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Joel Embiid and company erase an 18-point deficit in Philly. Take down John Morant and the Grizzlies, who yeah, yeah, I guess have been reeling a little bit of late. I mean, that whole, like, you know, we're good, we're good in the West. That comment from John Morant, that one hasn't, that, yeah, not that quite was, a freezing cold take, but that hasn't aged all that well, You gotta Jones. win something before you talk trash. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's just a good rule of thumb. When you mm-hmm. win, you know, like, like nobody talks more trash that on paper is undeserved than Draymond. Like he talks, he gets to talk on behalf of the fact that his teammates are amazing. But at least he's won, Whoa. and Ja did it before he won. Oh, now, Draymond was integral in some of those. Draymond's you got, great, but you he's me raising my voice. Integral. You got Dr- me Draymond's my great, but he is at best the third best player. And the third best player doesn't get to talk as much as he talks, uh, right? But, uh, 
What if that's your role, though? Like, Rodman did all the talking for okay, the Bulls. Okay He's with, the third but, best player. But you, never, you know what you never heard Dennis Rodman say? You never heard Dennis Rodman look at somebody that he, he didn't look at Dominique Wilkins and go, <laughs> you haven't accomplished what I have. He was like, he was smart enough to know he was that Dominique Wilkins was better than him. He had Jordan and Pippen. So he talked trash during games. But Draymond sometimes acts like he won all these titles. Mm-hmm. And so he'll look at dudes that are – he'll look at Joel Embiid and go, yeah, you ain't won anything like me. And Joel Embiid's like, yeah, but if I had your talent, I think I'd be fine. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Embiid's – and beads a, a, I don't know, probably an exception to the rule. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. He's Matt Jones there in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Randy Scott. The mothership here, Bristol, Connecticut. And Embiid is sort of the focus here because you talk about not winning anything. He's been runner-up to Nikola Jokic in the MVP vote each of the last two seasons. And right now, at least according to the betting market, uh, he is the projected runner-up to Nikola Jokic again. Jokic, the prohibitive favorite, to three-peat as an NBA MVP. And right now, in my opinion, what's working in Embiid's favor, Jason Tatum's favor, on down the line, if you try to find a little value in the betting market and the MVP race, is maybe voter fatigue. Because the numbers are there for Jokic, I don't know that the numbers are there for Embiid, but I wonder if you had to make a case, Matt Jones, for Embiid, what that looks like. I don't know if there is a case, to be honest, for him being MVP. I mean, you make a very good point. Like, if you look at the numbers, it should be Jokic again. But they're probably not going to give it to him for a third time, are they? Because he doesn't feel like a three-time-in-a-row MVP, but his numbers are as good or better than they've been the last two years, right? So, you know, I I don't know what you do there. What's made it – what's impressive about Embiid and the Sixers is how well they've played in, like, the last 20 games. I mean, they've found a role for everybody. I think James Harden has quietly been really good recently – and actually, oh, yeah. kind of, and and you know they you know wasn't part of the All Star thing, which I don't totally understand. I, I don't think the Sixers are as good as Milwaukee and Boston. I just trust Tatum and I trust Giannis more in crunch time because. I don't think in today's NBA you can rely on your big man getting shots to win games at the end in the playoffs. But I do think Philly is definitively the third best team. And if they could – Boston's their kryptonite. They can't guard them. But if they could avoid Boston, I don't see any reason they couldn't give Milwaukee all they want. Yeah, Milwaukee's been tough to – get a handle on because Chris Middleton has been out of the lineup for so much and Giannis is dealing with the wrist injury and there's also a health concern with with Philadelphia though I think if you if you're talking about the player who is most valuable in the Eastern Conference to his team I think it's Giannis one I think it's Embiid 1A and it might be Jason Tatum 1C but Tatum sort of has almost an equal equal parts Robin there in Boston with, with, with Jalen Brown. If Embiid misses time, and he's been dealing with a foot injury for a while now, and even hinted before the All-Star break, look, I may need to listen to my body here, listen to my doctors who are telling me to sit. But then you look at the standings fight. They're only two games back in Milwaukee for that two seed. They've got Cleveland not too far in their rearview mirror, three games behind them in the 3-4 matchup. And once you get into the 3-4, then you're playing, I don't know, it could be Brooklyn, could be New York, could be Miami. Nobody wants to play Miami. Miami's that team of grad school students in your undergrad intramural league. You know what I mean? Like, they're the ones yes. chest hair and maybe a mortgage here and there, a couple of kids. They're setting hard screens. They're running, like, set plays. Nobody wants to face Miami. All you want to do is get out there and run layups and drink beer after. And Miami's out there setting screens and 
keeping a shot shot. Miami is the kind of team that's really annoying. You're exactly right. And then with Kevin Love, it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll actually be pretty good with for them. Yeah. But the thing is, when Miami made it to the finals, it was because everyone else had something wrong with them, right? Whether it be an injury, the young guys in Boston hadn't quite clicked yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think the best versions of Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly are all better than the best version of Miami. Miami's a great team to take advantage when you're not 100%. It's looking – now, again, this could all change with one twisted ankle, right? But I think right now everybody's 100%, and I think of that group, Miami can't hang with them when they are playing at their best level. I think there's also there's a there's a coaching I don't know de- I want to say deficit but Doc Doc Rivers has shown in the postseason his rotations the way he handles his bench it it's not an effective strategy he has won one title and it has been with a transcendent Hall of Fame lineup of Ray Allen Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce otherwise his teams have woefully underperformed in the postseason and that does include Joel Embiid um, we talked about. We talked about uh, Trey Young and company getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. They ran through Philadelphia to get there. And you can blame it on Ben Simmons, but you could also blame it on the fact that Ben Simmons was on the floor uh, in that crunch, opportun- crunch time opportunity, and Doc Rivers is the one who put him there. All that having been said, Rivers speaking on Embiid has called him the best talent I've ever coached. And you've seen, you and I, Matt, just casual hoop fans, have seen Embiid's impact on the defensive end as well. Man, he's great. He's, not, he's great. He's, yeah. he, is, he is an unstoppable force in a league that has more talent right now than any time in 30 years. Took down one of the more talented players in the league in John Moran. Yes. Just a poster block if there is such a thing. Aaron Rodgers could really use another Super Bowl. Are the Jets the best spot to do that? Fresh hour, forthcoming Canton Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.